When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, and welcome to the American Patchwork and Quilting Podcast. I'm your host, Beth Peterson, and I'm so excited to welcome you to the show. Doris and I attended QuiltCon a couple of weekends ago, and we wanted to give a recap of what we saw there. QuiltCon is presented by the Modern Quilt Guild and is a consumer show open to anyone who wants to attend. It's not just for modern quilters. All quilters are welcome. And this is the only modern quilt show in the United States. So it's always fun to go and see all the modern quilts so different than the typical quilt show that we go to. I hadn't been to QuiltCon for a few years, and it was so fun to see how the show has grown. This year felt like it was a lot larger. So many vendors to shop and explore and over 600 quilts on display. What I personally love about this show is the chance to really see quilters pushing the boundaries of quilting. Typically, there are some pretty standard ways to make a quilt, right? But I feel like the modern quilters are looking at those rules and standards and thinking, but what if I broke those rules and did something completely different? And that makes such an interesting quilt show. Doris, I know you're a member of the Modern Quilt Guild. So what is it that you love about the show? Oh, so many things. I am a member of the MQG and I am active in our local chapter here in central Iowa. I also belong to our larger Des Moines Area Quilt Guild, a more traditional guild. This is only the second quilt con I've been able to attend. The first was in 2020, just before the world changed. I love getting to meet people I only know through Instagram or email, including designers featured in our magazines, as well as long-arm quilters, shop owners, and vendors. I enjoy seeing the creativity in the quilts, how each quilter explores and interprets the idea of modern quilting. Some are very similar to the historical Guise Bend quilts and the utility quilts of the past. And then there are those that delve deep into altering geometry and creating optical illusion quilts you don't see much of in other quilt shows. Most of those fall under the breaking the rules and pushing the boundaries of traditional quilt making. Yeah. So what exactly do we mean when we're saying, you know, their quilts are breaking the rules or thinking outside the box? I have a couple of specific examples I wanted to share. So Robert Bosher, and sorry if I'm pronouncing your name incorrectly, won third place in the minimalism with the quilt White on White, number three, Radiate. This quilt was so interesting. It was all white squares, but pieced with neon thread. So the only color you saw was the thread shining through at the seams. It started neon yellow in the middle and then radiated outward, turning from neon orange to neon pink. And then one of the American Patchwork and Quilting Challenge winners also used a similar sort of idea. This was pieced entirely of white as well, but the quilter Mara Light used black batting. So the seam lines appear white because the fabric was doubled up there, and then the rest of the quilt appeared gray due to the black batting tinting that single layer of white fabric. Similarly, one quilter used the backside of their top as the front, so you saw the seams giving it a really dimensional look. 
Another quilt was a bit wonky looking and was even called Breaking All the Rulers. This quilt was made by Heather Joyce, and she noted that this was an exercise for her in letting go. She said, not using rulers for the entire quilt leaves a wonky edge to show that every quilt can be beautiful, even when the points get cut off and it doesn't fold perfectly. I do love that. What a beautiful sentiment. It's a great reminder that perfection shouldn't be the goal and the journey is what's important. That being said, I'm not sure I could make a quilt without measuring. Do you think you could, Doris? Uh, Yeah, that's a bit of a stretch, but it was a really interesting concept. And I'm one of those people that um, could stand to let go once in a while. I agree. I do think it would be good for me to try to let go of that perfection, but I, I just think that would be very, very difficult to do. Yeah, I think it's fun that so many of these quilters challenge themselves to do different things. And that's how these like amazing modern quilts are turning out. Yeah, I also think there were so many fun quilts that weren't even square. So we saw some organic shapes. That one that you love, Doris, had like the two kind of big scallops on the bottom. Yeah, I loved that quilt. Um, The pink party, I think it was called. And I can't remember the maker off the top of my head, but... Um, yeah, it looked like there were kind of like pink flowery 1970s sheets that made up the background and there were all kinds of darker colored streamers draping across the quilt. And then she put two different size scallops along the bottom to kind of um, reiterate that stream draping streamer party idea. It was so fun. I loved that quilt. Yeah. And we saw things with cutouts on the edge And then one that teeny tiny hexagon temperature quilt, it just kind of started and stopped randomly on the edges. So it was a really funky Mm -hmm. shape. So many of the quilters that have their quilts in QuiltCon seem like they're using their quilts, their art to express themselves. And I love that. So it makes sense that we'd see a lot of deeply personal quilts with political statements, quilts that had messaging dealing with race issues, gun violence, Quilts with just large swear words on them, that kind of thing. Yeah, I'm always moved by the social justice theme quilts. There was one in the youth category this year made by 16 high school students from the Leeds Youth Advisory Board of Winchester, Kentucky. They each designed a block um, dealing with a different social justice issue and then wrote an artist statement for their block and sent them to adult volunteers that then finished up the blocks by um, securing the applique and embroidering or appliqueing words um, onto the blocks. This one brought tears to both of our eyes. I do love it when children and teens get involved in the art of quilting. And the fact that they can express themselves through that medium is just fantastic. Doris, you also had a hand in one of the quilts that was in the show, and that was in the Community Outreach Challenge. So for this year's Community Outreach Challenge, Modern Quilt Guild members were challenged to make quilts that showed a color shift or gradient in the piecing. And there were two colorways that they could choose from, a blue and green, and then a pink and purple. That was so fun to see. Why don't you give a little bit of the backstory on that quilt? Sure. Yeah, the uh, idea of um, the Community Outreach Challenge, they give us a different challenge each year that local chapters or individuals can take up. And our Central Iowa Modern Quilt Guild um, has participated uh, several years in a row now. And this year, um, you could choose one of two color palettes, either a warm palette that had uh, more pinks and purples and um, reds to it, and the one that had um, 
like a lime green to royal blue type of palette. So we chose the one, the, the blue green palette, and um, decided to uh, use the idea of Rossi Hutchinson's kelp quilt. That's a free pattern online um, to do different rows in them. So we had two colors that each quilter that had volunteered to make blocks took two colors and pieced them into a row. And then at a retreat that we had, um, we gathered them all together and went to sew them together. And we were realizing that some of them didn't have enough contrast in a couple of the blocks with the colors that we had matched up. So we took those two that had um, the less contrast in them. Um, we were doing that at the retreat. So late at night, one night at the retreat, there were two of us left and we were discussing all day off and on about these two rows that didn't have enough contrast in them and um, got the crazy idea at like 9.30 at night to slice up those two rows. And we ended up making small improv pieced rows that went in between the rest of the rows that we, that were working out for us. So we had kind of a blue to green gradient in the larger rows and then the opposite direction, green to blue gradient in the narrow rows. And it made a so much better quilt out of it. So one of our members um, long arm quilted it for us and another one put the binding and label on and sent it off to QuiltCon. So, and it ended up selling at the show. So, which is wonderful because the proceeds go to charity. Yeah, that is really fun. I noticed that a lot of those were sold. So QuiltCon selected two charitable programs uh, supported by the Brown Sugar Stitchers Guild of Atlanta. So the proceeds were going to the Carrie Steel Pitts Home and the Children's Sickle Cell Disease Program at Children's Healthcare of Atlanta. I love hearing the story about how you just made it work with what you had. Yeah, <laughs> sometimes you have to do that. So we have best laid plans. Sometimes they don't work out and you just make a better plan. We're going to take a quick ad break. And when we get back, we're going to be talking about some fashion that we saw at the show. Welcome back. Now I wanted to touch a bit on the fashion of QuiltCon. So if you make your own clothes or bags or embellish store-bought items, this was the place to wear them. A big crowd of quilters is the perfect place to show off your handiwork for sure. One thing we saw everywhere was embellished denim, mostly jean jackets. So people were adding quilt blocks, improv piecing, hand stitching, you name it. I saw one woman who added a row of selvages to the back of her jacket and the collar as well. That was great. Loved that. I love jean jackets myself and have several at home. So I already pulled one out to try to make my own version. We also saw one woman who stitched all over her jeans. She used white and hand-stitched patterns all down the legs. That was amazing, too. That Shashiko stitching on the denim jeans was brilliant. My favorite QuiltCon fashion piece was the one we saw Friday morning in the hotel lobby as we were enjoying our coffee. This quilter wore a duster-length garment that showcased a, long, a lone star on the back and extending into the sleeves. It was all um, neutrals, uh, kind of ivories to a light beige color. And it was so lightweight and gauzy looking, we just had to ask her about it. Um, she had made the quilt top by just zigzagging the diamond pieces, shapes together. So there were no exposed seam allowances, just zigzag stitching, holding it together, and then sewed it into a duster. We both loved that piece. You also see a lot of handmade and quilted bags, totes, and backpacks walking around the show floor. Um, probably more at QuiltCon than um, a lot of the other quilt shows I've been to. The small backpacks and sling bags seem to be the most popular. 
And I think I need to have my long arm quilter make up a fun sandwich for me so I can turn it into an awesome backpack. I loved that duster. It would be a great alternative to a quilt coat since it was lighter weight and you could wear it in warmer weather. Or it could even have been a really amazing beach cover up too. And I admit I did buy some supplies at the show to make a sling bag after seeing them everywhere. I haven't ventured much into bag making, but they were so cute. So I'm excited to try it. I will say we talked to a lot of people after commenting on their clothing or bags. And so we met a lot of people that way. It was definitely a conversation starter. And we just posted a bunch of these photos on our Instagram account. So check that out. We're at All People Quilt, and we'll link to our Instagram account in the show notes as well. Let's move on to the things we saw popping up a lot. I don't know if I want to call them trends, but they sure seemed popular. I agree. Um, as far as the quilts, I noticed a lot of them that incorporated comic book outlines. If you're familiar with the current trend of comic or cartoon style cake decorating and cookie decorating, you understand what I mean. Um, that's my other guilty pleasure. I follow those videos on Facebook groups and Instagram. Um, but anyway, the bold shapes and colors on the quilts include like prominent black outlines. One of my favorite quilts, Memento Mori by Emily Watts, is a really good example of this. She had another quilt in the show, a smaller one that used the same technique. Two other quilts I can think of that utilize this style are My Stick Family by Jody Taylor and Mr. Mustachio Toothington by Patty Kopuk. That one was based on a drawing her son had made and she blew up this huge head, almost as big as a the height of a person the head was, um, with a big tooth sticking out of his mouth. Then there was against like improv rail fence blocks behind it. Um, but there's always a lot of bright saturated colors at QuiltCon. And as a quilter that likes her bright colors, seeing all that color just fills me with joy. In the vendor booths, we saw a lot of canvas. We even bought some, both of us bought a little bit yep. to bring back. <laughs> For anyone into bag making, this is great news. The variety of color, prints, and weights of canvas is just amazing. But given the amount of handcrafted bags we saw being carried around, I'm not surprised. Modern quilters have always embraced retro styles and colorways and motifs from the 60s, 70s, and 80s could be seen throughout the show and the vendor area. What else did you notice, Beth? Oh, yeah, retro styles for sure. We saw several things with cassette motifs, some quilted storage baskets type things and then an entire quilt that just looked like a cassette it brought me back to memories of jamming on my walkman oh yeah there was also that quilt that was made of was kind of andy warhol star style but it was all lava lamps that was fun too <laughs> i love it uh in the vendor booths there were so many lovely wood handcrafted items so we saw clappers, tools, sewing caddies with built-in magnets to hold scissors, signs, and then thread spool holders. So all of these really showcase the natural grains of the wood. I loved seeing those pretty details. I like the thought of having some tools made of natural materials, so not everything is plastic. And it does seem like quilting and woodworking go together. So it makes sense some of these woodworkers might start making quilting items. We were chatting with Chris at Modern American Vintage. He had a booth there and we've interviewed him on the podcast before and talking about how his mom, who is a quilter, inspired his business. So we typically do see a lot of butterflies at shows, but I noticed more types of other bugs too. So ladybugs and beetles seemed especially popular. 
And when we went to quilt market last fall, we saw a lot of fruit, veggie type gardening kind of themes. And that seemed to continue here. In fact, one of the prize winning quilts was an improv type abstract turnip of all things. (laughs) And it also seemed like a lot of the quilts had taken inspiration from COVID or were made during lockdown or the pandemic which makes sense as people had a lot of time to reflect and quilt during that time. So I thought that was interesting. They weren't always immediately obvious. One prize-winning quilt looked like it had bacteria and virus shapes on it, but others were more subtle and only mentioned it in the information by the quilt. I noticed some interesting machine quilting trends too. We saw a lot of matchstick quilting. So that's straight line quilting, but really close together. It does add a lot of texture to a quilt and is easy to do on a domestic machine, so maybe that's why. I also noticed a lot of concentric circle quilting, both in pantograph designs and in freehand, free motion designs. This is also not too hard to do on a domestic machine, as you can use your walking foot, start in the center, and just spiral out, getting bigger as you go. And it's probably easier on a smaller quilt as there will be a lot of bulk in the throat space of your machine, though, if you're, you know, when you're in the center. Another thing I saw was using multiple colors of thread for the quilting. One in particular I noticed did crosshatch quilting and use alternating colors every other line of stitching. So it went green, blue, green, blue horizontally, and then they did the same thing stitching vertically. That added a really subtle dimension to the quilt. Another one we saw was matchstick quilting with different thread colors. This quilt was just two different fabrics pieced together, but then the quilt maker stitched eight rows of one color super close together and then another eight rows in a different color to create stripes. And that particular quilt won second place in the minimalist design category. Um, And we did continue to see machine quilting combined with handwork. I do love the effect this gives, and I think it's a nice nod to the traditional roots of quilting. Fun to get that juxtaposition of a very modern quilt with hand stitching. We had a great time at QuiltCon and had so much fun sharing our thoughts. It was so inspiring to see the quilts, shop the vendors, and see all the quilters and meet new people. I love feeling really excited about trying some new things. Doris, how can people get involved with a modern quilt guild if this is something they're interested in? Best place to start is the MQG website, which is themodernquiltguild.com. They have a list of guilds around the world. You can see if there's a local chapter in your area, and if not, you can either join as an individual or start up your own chapter if you're so inclined. Also, seeking out modern quilters online is a great way to find out more and see what kinds of work they're doing. Searching the and following the hashtag modern quilting on Instagram will open up new worlds if you're new to this version of contemporary quilting. Definitely. Instagram is a great resource for modern quilters. It's great too if you want to see more of the QuiltCon quilts that we were talking about. You can check out the hashtag QuiltCon and you'll see a whole bunch of quilts there. It's time for another ad break and we'll be back with more. We're back. Now I wanted to talk a little bit about the quilt challenge we sponsor at QuiltCon. This was our seventh year sponsoring and the theme was log cabin blocks. We were looking for people to put a modern spin on a traditional design and it did not disappoint. We work with QuiltCon to come up with some ideas for our challenge and then narrow it down to the final choice. Then they put out a call to the Modern Quilt Guild members about what the theme is 
Entries were open from September 1st to October 31st, 2022, which is kind of the typical timing for their challenges. And then the QuiltCon judges pick their four favorites from our category of the quilts that are juried in. Each year, I always wonder if people think we see all of the quilts and pick our favorite, but we just see those top four that the judges narrow down for us. Uh, QuiltCon sends us photos to judge from, and we pick the order of the winners, first, second, and third. Once we get to the show and see them in person, it can be very surprising. This year's winner was Concentric by Betsy Van Gred. Honestly, we were shocked to see it was only 24 inches square. It was such a detailed quilt that we had assumed it was larger by the photo. Um, it's kind of a different shaped log cabins all the way around and this amazing concentric quilting like Beth was talking about before. We were duly impressed to see the craftsmanship and meticulous piecing that went into this small quilt that we were picturing much larger than it was. Yeah, I think the interesting thing is QuiltCon uses three judges and two of them are modern quilters and then one is a person outside of the quilting world. So in the past, judges have been in the fashion industry or other similar industries and they're judging on three categories, design, workmanship, and quilting. If you're interested, you can read more about the judging process on the QuiltCon website and what things that they're looking for if you want to join a challenge at some point. And that's at QuiltCon.com. I think having that person that's not a quilter brings a really different perspective to the table. I agree completely. Um, at the beginning of the awards ceremony that takes place the evening before the show, uh, the president opens it with a slide of QuiltCon by the numbers. I always think it's so interesting to see how many people and resources are involved in putting together this show. This year, there were over 17,000 members involved in the show in some way, either by attending or having a quilt juried into the show. All 50 states were represented, as well as 19 other countries, and $20,200 of prize money was awarded. The Modern Quilt Guild has accomplished so much in growing this show since the first one in 2013. It really is a fantastic show. I highly recommend attending one if you're able to. The shows are typically around the same time in February, and they host them in different cities. So next year's show is in Raleigh, North Carolina, February 22nd through the 25th. So save the date. Visit quiltcon.com to see photos of the winning quilts. And if you'd like to see all the quilts that were at the show, you can order a printed catalog on the Modern Quilt Guild website. Visit themodernquiltguild.com and click on the shop menu. While I was on their website, I thought that this information about modern quilting was really interesting. So I wanted to share this. That's their definition of modern quilting plus a little bit of history. Modern quilts are primarily functional and inspired by modern design. Modern quilters work in different styles and define modern quilting in different ways, but several characteristics often appear which may help you identify a modern quilt. These include, but are not limited to, the use of bold colors and prints, high contrast in graphic areas of solid color, improvisational piecing, minimalism, expansive negative space, and alternate grid work. Modern quilting has existed in many forms for much of the 20th century. It wasn't until the 2000s that quilts with a modern aesthetic began to appear in greater numbers and quilters began to describe themselves as modern. 
A defining event occurred in 1998 when Martha Stewart Living featured Denise Schmidt calling her quilts a quote-unquote chic modernist aesthetic. For many quilters in the early days of the movement, this was a key inspirational moment. The growth of the movement was facilitated by four factors. The cultural shift of quality design being recognized by the general public, affordable digital cameras, the changing fabric industry, and the rise of social media. In 2002, the Quilts of Guise Bend exhibit at the Museum of Fine Arts Houston and the publication of Yoshiko Jinzenji's book, Quilt Artistry, further provided inspiration to a small but devoted group of modernist-minded quilters. Then two influential books were published in 2005, Denise Schmidt Quilts and The Modern Quilt Workshop by Weeks Ringle and Bill Kerr. The first online quilt-alongs were established on blogs around these two books, and awareness continued to increase in the online world. The Flickr group Fresh Modern Quilts, established in 2008, provided the first online centralized social media venue for quilters in the movement. With that Flickr group and many active blogs, the online world of modern quilting took off like wildfire. In 2009, Alyssa Haight Carlton and Latifa Safir founded the Modern Quilt Guild, giving the online community a chance to form in-person connections with other modern quilters. And then, of course, in 2013, the Modern Quilt Guild hosted the first QuiltCon, which has evolved into the largest modern quilting event in the world. I love seeing the excitement this new generation of quilters are bringing to the quilting industry and can't wait to see what the future holds. Thank you so much for joining us today for our chat about QuiltCon and modern quilts. Until next time, I hope you have a terrific and quilty week.